The Graphic Histories Podcast. Welcome back to the Graphic Histories Podcast. My name is Andre Mayette, and I am very happy to be with you once again. Big thanks to Ukula the Mock for providing her theme song, Superpowers. Still love that song, and I will continue to love that song until the end of time. How are you? How's the day going? How's the week going? How is life at this point? I would love to hear from you. Make sure to reach out to the website, graphichistories.ca. No, sorry, .com. Didn't go Canadian on that one. Graphichistories.com. Uh, as well as through our Facebook page, uh, the email address, which is on the website as well. Uh, just get out there, send me some notes, let me know what you think, let me know if you're enjoying the series so far, let me know what characters you would like to see featured in future episodes, and I can almost assure you that that would happen. I don't know if you have noticed with the formats of these shows, but I generally focus on characters that aren't too far into the mainstream, like I doubt I'll ever be an episode about Spider-Man, because if there were, it would have to be a 20-part series to kind of encompass the entirety of his history from, you know, the 60s up until today. Uh, with a lot of those sort of characters, the Supermans, the Batmans, what have you, there's so much history that in order to cover them, it would kind of become a podcast in itself, which isn't necessarily a bad idea, and maybe sometime in the future it might be a fun offshoot of this. But right now, I kind of focus on characters that I can succinctly sum up within a half an hour, sort of um, area of time to get you to know those people. A lot of things going on in the world right now, a lot of interesting, scary things, um, a lot of things mainly going on around Black Lives Matter protests, which has become a figurehead in the media and in the world right now, uh, deservedly so, as there are a lot of real issues that are coming to light in regards to police brutality and their targeting of certain ethnicities based upon skin color. It's sad and disturbing. The videos have been eye-opening. And uh, I don't know what else to say about it. It's, I mean, we all know this stuff happens. We all don't talk about it as much as we should. And when one of these things come up, we all rally, get behind the cause, and get out there to try to make a change. But it seems like it sort of fades away after a few weeks go by and I'm really happy to see that there seems to be a sustainability to this movement and it seems like there are a lot of people getting out there and actually having dialogues and making real change and I'm happy to see it in the community I live in Truro, Nova Scotia they had a Black Lives Matter rally last weekend one that I did attend it was very it was very well attended um, a lot of people from the area came and a lot of great guest speakers had a lot of things to say with some very eye-opening comments about the black experience and and how it feels to be on that side of this issue. I'm glad I went. I learned a lot. And I think that continuing to discuss these things together is a great step forward in making some real change. Not much going on in the comic book world. I know I always say that, but it seems as far as 
eye-opening, you know, earth-shattering stories, uh, there hasn't been a lot, and generally because of COVID-19 and a lot of the projects, film projects, TV projects have kind of been put in the back burner, but it seems like things are starting to ramp up now. Um, I know speaking about the Black Lives Matter event, um, or rather movement, the co-creator of The Punisher has kind of made some headlines recently because uh, police, certain police groups and military groups tend to use the Punisher skull as a symbol. As a symbol to what? I'm not sure. Um, especially since the Punisher as a character isn't really um, an authority. I know he was in the military, but he's not really an authority-loving figure, per se. I mean, his whole opera's Moran... Uh, I don't think I pronounced that right. Uh, his whole motive is to... Um, to work within the areas that the law can't. So, you know, he acts as judge, jury, and executioner for those criminals that can't necessarily be taken down by the police or caught by the police due to their illegal activity. So uh, it's cool to see that. Uh, Jerry Conway is a great uh, writer. He wrote Spider-Man comics when The Punisher was introduced in that comic. And he's continued to be a very active and uh, influential person within the comics industry so i'm very happy to see that he is taking kind of a stand and taking back an aspect of his character uh in fact conway has actually launched a t-shirt line um called black lives matter using the punisher skull as a way of sort of taking it back and giving it to uh, another group that he feels maybe could use the benefit of of that symbol maybe the money raised from the merchandise of that symbol to help with their cost so that is very cool well, tonight's edition is about Darkseid, a prominent character in the DC Universe, created by Jack Kirby as part of his New Gods story. Uh, well, when only say story, it was... Um, the New Gods themselves are quite a huge part of the DC Universe at one point. Darkseid himself being their, their main foil, the villain of that group. And a very interesting cosmic character that has a lot of history within the DC Universe at large. So we shall get right into it. This character himself has been influence of many other villains in comics, film, television. Predominantly Thanos was uh, partially inspired by him. I know Jim Starlin liked the idea of a cosmic tyrant and made radical shifts in the appearance of that character, but was influenced by Marvel executives to make him look a little bit more like Darkseid. So there was some, some overlap there. So, without much further ado, let's go into episode number seven of the Graphic Histories podcast, the Cosmic Tyrant, the Jack Kirby creation, the enduring villain, Darkseid. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, may be a familiar introduction to fans of Star Wars, but it's also an apt beginning for our story. Long ago in a distant alien world known as Apocalypse, a prince was born. Uxus was the son of King Yuga Khan and Queen Hegera, and upon his birth was immediately placed second in line for the throne, as he had an older brother named Drax. King Yuga Khan desired to unravel the secrets of the universe, and in doing so attempted to breach the Source Wall, a barrier dividing the known universe from whatever lies beyond. In doing so, Khan befell the same fate as did all who attempted this feat before and after him. He was bound to the wall as a celestial guardian, doomed to remain a statuesque monument to failure. 
As Khan's sons grew into adulthood, Drax sought to contain the power of the elusive Omega Force, an ancient energy that was difficult to possess. Wanting the power for himself, Uxus killed his brother and claimed the ultimate prize. Instilled with abilities far beyond comprehension, Uxus grew rock-like skin and chose a name more befitting of his new form, Darkseid. After these events, Darkseid fell in love with an apocalyptic scientist and sorceress named Suli, with whom he fathered a son named Kalibak. Fearing that Suli was having a negative effect on her already murderous son, Hegera had the mother of her grandson poisoned by sadistic royal employee Desaad. Already emotionally cold, the death of his lover chipped away at the soul of the prince. Suddenly forced into a marriage to Tigra at his mother's behest was the final straw for the last lingering spark of decency Uxus had left. Darkseid proceeded to murder his mother in cold blood and direct Tigra to eliminate their newborn son Orion, but a different opportunity to remove the final reminder of his mother's influence presented itself. Now the uncontested ruler of Apocalypse, Darkseid was given an offer by the High Father, who was a leader of a rival planet in the same solar system called New Genesis. Locked in a deadly war for millennia, High Father wanted to end the conflict with a unique type of peace treaty. High Father and Darkseid would exchange sons, raising the other's offspring as their own on their respective worlds. The ruler of Apocalypse provided his son, Orion, while the High Father gave up his son, named Scott Free. Darkseid hoped to use this as a way to eventually destroy or enslave New Genesis. However, his plan backfired as Orion grew into a formidable warrior, defending the ideals of his new home planet and battling the machinations of his biological father. A prophecy was discovered that foretold Darkseid would be defeated by his son in a cataclysmic battle in the fire pits of Apocalypse. This predetermined destiny forever weighed on the cosmic despot's mind. While Orion was raised to learn kindness and virtue, the High Father's son was given to grainy goodness, a psychotic and pain-obsessed lunatic that raised the children of Apocalypse to be tortured, broken, subservient minions of their iron-fisted ruler. However, Scott Free remained resilient and kept his spirit intact, no matter what attempt was made to break it. Eventually, Scott escaped Apocalypse, taking one of Granny's best female fighters, Big Barda, with him. Relocating to Earth, Scott became an escape artist and superhero known as Mr. Miracle, and fought Darkseid and his forces any chance he could get. Seeing this as an opportunity, Darkseid used Free's liberation as an excuse to break the treaty with New Genesis and resume the bloody war that had ended years before. Seeing other gods as a threat to his eventual takeover of the universe, Darkseid turned his attention to Earth and the island of Themyscira, the home of Wonder Woman and her fellow Amazonians. Compelling the warrior women to reveal the location of the Olympian gods, the Amazons resisted and battled the parademon hordes of Apocalypse. This bloody assault ended with the death of half of the island's inhabitants. Seeking revenge for the genocide that befell her people, Wonder Woman managed to place a portion of her soul into Darkseid, returning a small sliver of his lost humanity and dulling his power. In what may take the title of grandest plan ever created, Darkseid decided the path to reshaping the universe into his own image was to eliminate all free will. This could be achieved if he could discover the anti-life equation, a cosmic force that would grant the user complete control over the minds and emotions of all sentient life in existence. Darkseid believed the key to this force lied on Earth and was fragmented in the minds of its human inhabitants. If you've ever met a truly profound narcissist in your travels, they may not be to blame. It may be because they carried a larger chunk of this anti-life equation. Or they're just a selfish jerk. Eh, one or the other. In seeking to probe the minds of every human on Earth, Darkseid would encounter several of DC superheroes, most notably the Kryptonian Superman. 
Choosing to keep his presence secret, he would recruit criminal organization Intergang to carry out his missions, providing them with apocalyptic technology. This group would later come to worship the cosmic ruler as the god of evil in their new deranged cult. At this point, we will jump ahead to the future, a thousand years from present day to be exact, to a period known as the Great Darkness Saga. At this time, the universe has all but forgotten about Darkseid, as he had disappeared near millennia ago. Returning to once again rule the galaxy, Darkseid went up against a legion of superheroes. Using a combination of science and magic, the being formerly known as Uxus transposed the planets of Apocalypse and Daxum, which placed Daxum in the path of a yellow sun. They gave its inhabitants superpowers as their physiology was very close to that of Kryptonians. Mind-controlling the Daxamites, Darkseid had a nigh-unstoppable army, but his plans were foiled by the Legion and its allies. Returning to present day, Orion returned to Earth to battle his estranged father, eventually fulfilling what was foretold and ripping out the heart of Darkseid, creating a fire pit in his chest cavity, like that of their homeworld, and in a roundabout way, fulfilling the prophecy in full. Finally rid of his dark legacy, Orion left the scene of patricide and returned to a life free of conflict. Darkseid's life force, however, remained alive despite his body's death, and with the aid of his minion Libra, fell backwards through time, being reborn as a crime boss known as Boss Darkseid, D-A-R-K-S-I-D-E. In his new form, Darkseid finally pieced together the anti-life equation and used it to destroy New Genesis. Its citizens, known as the New Gods, fled to Earth in disguise as various inhabitants of the planet, with Highfather and his followers taking the form of a homeless society. Many of Darkseid's minions also came to Earth incognito as people in places of authority. During this event, Darkseid made a deal with an interdimensional alien race known as the Sheeta in order to capture Shiloh Norman, another person inhabiting the role of Mr. Miracle, and someone our subject believed to be the Avatar of Freedom. Continuing to rain terror upon the Earth in this new form and corrupt the multiverse, Boss Darkseid used his minion Libra as a sort of antichrist-like figure, acting as a bishop in the religion of evil started by Intergang. Using his status as a reverent figure, Libra recruited many of DC supervillains to his cause, growing an evil army made up of Darkseid's original, Apocalyptian generals, and Earth-superpowered criminals. Moving toward the endgame, Dan Turpin, a well-known detective in Metropolis, was lured to Club Darkseid, the base of the boss's operations. There, Turpin was corrupted, and his physical body was used as a new form for a fully restored and reborn Darkseid, shedding his human form and once again adopting the rocky skin guise that instilled fear in the hearts of countless alien nations across the cosmos. Coming into conflict with the Earth's heroes once again, Darkseid is shot with a radion bullet by Batman. Earlier, Orion was found dead, killed by the same bullet, a murder the Dark Knight detective had been unable to solve. Surmising that it was capable of killing a god, Bruce Wayne held onto the bullet in case it would be needed in the future. As he was shot, Darkseid hit Batman with an Omega Beam, one of his signature powers, sending the Cape Crusader backwards in time. Darkseid then had a clone body of Gotham's protector left so that his compatriots would assume his death. In a truly astounding example of mind-numbing complexity, Darkseid infected Bruce with Omega Energy, placing him in prehistoric times then pushing him forward in time in spurts, and when he eventually reached the present, would result in the destruction of Earth as a contingency plan. Mortally wounded from the bullet, Darkseid's plan is fully revealed as he mocks Superman and the other heroes for failing to protect Earth. Darkseid, having used the anti-life equation that he found fragmented across the minds of humanity, he was deeply connected to every human life. So much so, in fact, that if he was killed, all human life would die as well. He then used the same bullet and gun Batman had used on him 
to shoot it backwards in time, killing Orion and creating a doomsday singularity caused by the time loop. Wanting the pleasure of killing Superman before his own death, Darkseid was stopped by Barry Allen and Wally West, two men who used the name The Flash. The duo led an interdimensional embodiment of death known as the Black Racer to Darkseid and thus freed Dan Turpin's mind from Darkseid's control. Reduced to spirit form, Wonder Woman used her lasso of truth to bind Darkseid, freeing his connection to the anti-life equation and humanity at large. Left powerless, Superman used counter-vibrations to erase the tyrant of Apocalypse from existence. Eventually, Bruce Wayne managed to return to the present day, and with the aid of his bad family and other heroes, prevented the final stage of Darkseid's plan from occurring. Dr. Impossible later manipulates the crime syndicate of America into helping him resurrect Darkseid by using a machine that draws energy from the multiverse itself. The resurrection backfires, however, and instead creates a new being known as the Omega Man. Undergoing a restarting of continuity and creating a new universe called the New 52, DC Comics wiped the slate clean starting from square one. In this new universe, Uxus is a farmer who hated the gods of his world. Coming up with a plan, he climbed a mountain to their celestial home and tricked them into battling one another. After the fray, these deities were weakened and easily dispatched by the scythe Uxus carried to reap his fields. In murdering these beings, the farmer gained their abilities, becoming Darkseid, turning his planet into the fire pit-laden Apocalypse. In this new continuity, there are now 52 distinct multiverses, and in the Prime Universe, Darkseid invades Earth advertently, causing its heroes to unite and form the Justice League. During this battle, Darkseid's daughter Grail, who he earlier fathered with an Amazonian, is captured by the Justice League, but eventually escapes. Darkseid is forced back to Apocalypse by Superman and the rest of the League, vowing to eventually return and claim the planet as his own. After these events, Darkseid comes into conflict with the Anti-Monitor in a battle that was secretly orchestrated by his daughter to usurp her father so that she could claim his throne. This time, Darkseid once again met his end at the hands of the Anti-Monitor and various superheroes. Realizing that Grail needed her father's powers to gain control of the universe for herself, she would resurrect him into the form of a baby born of Superwoman. Stealing the abilities of the Justice League to return the child to adult form, and under her control, this new being is eventually destroyed by Grail herself, when she has a change of heart and returns him to infant form in order to raise him properly. If you thought your family life was complicated, try taking a crack at the daughter, raising her reincarnated father, whom she killed in the first place. Returning to her villainous ways, Grail would kill various children of the Olympian Zeus to speed up her father's maturity. Murdering Perseus and Hercules, the child would indeed grow into the form of a young man and challenge Zeus himself, stealing the energy of the father of the gods and returning to his terrifying adult form once more. After coming into his full power, the Cosmic Tyrant is confronted by the Justice League and decides to depart without engaging the heroes, as he had a much deeper plan in the works, one yet to be revealed. With his full abilities now at his disposal, whatever those plans may be, they are sure to spell death and destruction for the DC Universe. And there you have it, the history of Darkseid, a cosmic tyrant, one of the biggest bads out there, certainly the one of the most powerful villains in the DC Universe, if not the most powerful. So it was very cool to finally get to learn a bit about his history, about his past, about where he may be going in the future of DC Comics. It's always interesting when I do a DC character because I usually run into some kind of a continuity-altering event in the middle of their story that sort of 
shifts things and make the previous stuff uh, irrelevant to where the character is now. So originally back with the Crisis of Infinite Earths in I think it was the 80s or perhaps 70s, DC Comics kind of wiped all their parallel universes into one universe during the Crisis of Infinite Earths. Um, then they have done that a few times lightly over the years and then sort of redid it with the New 52 most recently. So I always run into, in the middle of one of these characters' stories, one of those events, and then have to explain what happened. As comic fans, you're familiar the continuity is malleable and sometimes shifts. But uh, with DC, it happened a few times and always kind of provides a headache for someone trying to chronicle those stories and keep it straight for you, the listener. Next week, we will be another one of our regularly formatted episodes. This one will be about the Black Panther villain Killmonger, as featured in the Black Panther film, and also a long-enduring part of the Black Panther comic book, with the Black Lives Matter movement being very prominent right now in, in, uh, in the minds of, of people. And hopefully, not just right now, but will continue to be a, a, a force within our, our society, within the media, a force of people out there trying to make a difference. I thought a character who's perhaps a perverted version of their vision, but one that was connected to it somewhat, especially in the Black Panther film and, and in the comic book series as well, I thought it'd be important to feature that. So next week, we'll be back with Eric Killmonger. Thank you very much for listening. My name is Andre Maid. It's been a real pleasure to be with you once again, and I look forward to seeing you next time.